0: the the only so the only one that like i maybe would have thought about more is the chance to rest carlo and not even anything about carlo but i do think like at some point before the trade deadline they have to decide and, and know like what they have in zaborl and you know do you trust him as your seventh defenseman do you trust him as your eighth defenseman like how exactly do you feel about him and and where does he slot in down the stretch and go into the playoffs and i just think it's really you know yeah we saw early in the season he had some struggles but like it's really hard to judge where i know you have practice i know you see him every day but i don't know how you really get like a true reading of where a guy is when he goes you know two months basically two months without playing like that's that's tough. So, you know, I think we all feel like adding depth on defense is sort of a natural area. They might, you know, look to address anyways, but I would think you'd want to have a little bit better idea of like where Zaborl is and, and how he looks in games right now before you go out and decide like, okay, do we need to get one guy to upgrade over him, Two guys to upgrade over, like just have a kind of a better idea of like where you see him slotting in.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, especially when you think about the fact that no one has gotten in in so long. Like you have to assume you're not going to go in or at least you're not going to spend the entire playoffs with all six of those guys healthy the whole time. So you do need to know where he can go um, and how screwed you are if all of a sudden you're game seven with, you know, Carolina or Toronto. And you're like, okay, well, we need someone to come in right now. Are we really completely screwed if we have him come in and and he can't take the minutes and he can't keep up? Um, Yeah. You do need to know about how he can play. uh, If he is an answer for you in the playoffs or if he's not um, and you need to add someone.
1: And, 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 one guy too, like we, we talk about him ever so often, but like like we kind of forget Mike Riley is just chilling in Providence, playing in Providence. And Mike Riley, let's let's be honest. I mean he, he's an NHL defenseman. Yeah, he's not <laughs> he either. He is.
2: When just he first went up. down, we were like having arguments about like, oh, was that the right move? Like, is he he's just and unfortunately for him too, it's not been as noticeable that he's missing because of how well everybody else has been playing. So you kind of do forget about him.
0: Well, and I, I think the problem with Riley is that it's almost like stylistically there's only one guy he would fill in for. And that'd be Grizzlick. Not, not that they're the exact same player. Like I don't want to, you know, put either one of them in a box, but you know, thinking about it, like say Carlo missed more time. It's like, well, Riley wouldn't really be the guy to come in. Like that, you're probably looking for someone with, you know, at least a little more size, a little more defensively responsible, can help on the penalty kill. So, like, Zaboro would at least be the guy who would get first crack at that. Or even Strawman, who, by the way, just played his first game in Providence on Sunday, um, you know, finally actually reported and started practicing, which indicates that, you know, maybe they have either they have some sort of plan for him where maybe he's back at some point, or that could even be a thing where it's like, you know, maybe the Bruins start to put pressure on because it's like, Hey, we want to see where Anton Stroman is before the trade deadline. Like, is he at all going to be a factor for us down the stretch? So, um, yeah, you know, at least you have Riley and Stroman playing now. Uh, obviously Riley has been playing in province for a while, but it is kind of hard to see like, ex- Exactly where he fits in, because like I said, if if Grizzly gets hurt, then it's really simple. It's like okay, Riley fits that. But if you know, say it was forward that went down again, you're looking for you know a penalty kill kind of defensive defenseman, and you know Riley would completely change the dynamic of that third pairing if if he were the guy there.
1: So I want to pose this question to you guys: Would you say that as of right now, the Bruins have? Uh, Let me. me, It's a two-part question. Part one: Would you say they have the best all-around blue line in the NHL to this point? And part two: Do you think that Lindholm and McAvoy is the best one-two combo in the league?
0: Um, I'm gonna. I'll answer the first one first, uh, which is: I think they probably do. The, The one, the other one that comes to mind immediately is Carolina's, which. I don't think there's as much offensive upside outside of Brent Burns. so And even that, like Burns isn't quite the all-around player that a McAvoy or Lindholm is at this point. So I'd probably give the edge to the Bruins there. But certainly, you know, Carolina has some really good defensemen who are just very good, well-rounded players who can skate, move the puck, like Slavin, Pesci, Brady Shea. They got um, rid of Tony
2: D, though our favorite everybody's favorite tony d'angelo
0: somehow not even the most controversial defenseman on the flyers now thanks to mm-hmm. thanks to ivan proveroff
2: yep yep anyway sorry to sorry to cut you off there Just, uh, that's the, n- that is n- no, if you guys want
0: to weigh in on that i'm still thinking about the second part because my instinct is maybe is mcgway and lintel might be the best top two but i'm trying to run through other options
2: um well it's I, I actually like how they are yeah when when they're split up uh they when Lindholm is with Carlo and um you know Mcavoy's with Grizzlick, you almost just get no reprieve for if you're the other team you get no reprieve from guys who can do pretty much everything on the ice be physical set plays up score um Scott I see that you've come up with your answer
0: yeah, well, I guess the first one that would come to mind is Kale McCarr and Devin Taves with the Avs, obviously, who yep. you know we just saw play a huge role in them winning the cups. So I might give that an edge just because, even as great as McAvoy and Lindholm are, neither one is McCarr, um, and Devin never no will be. <laughs> Devin Taves is pretty damn good too.
2: Another Quinnipiac guy.
0: Yep. Do you
1: know what? Do you know what scares me about a Carolina matchup and is you look at the defense, right? And obviously Scott mentioned them. So I'm going to, I'm just doing a deep dive on them. Brent Burns, Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, Jacob Slavin. Okay. They are six, five, six, three, six, three, and six, three. Jalen Chatfield is six, one Dylan Coglin Is that how you say his name? He's six, two. And then Calvin DeHaan is six, one. So like they're, like they're just a meaty back end, for lack of a better terminology, and that's why, like, I really like the idea of the Bruins going after like a Luke Shen type just to bolster that that department of their of their defense. And this is not me saying like just go out and get size and physicality, because like I'm I'm not saying to go get a bunch of meatheads. I'm just saying like Can our
2: Tenorti do that again.
1: No, no, I'm not. Even, no, like I, I like like Luke. I like Luke Shen. I like the the prospect of Luke Shen. I like what he brings to a team. And I just think if you were to get one guy like that to just like have as, as a depth piece on your blue line, where like if you feel like the combination of Clifton and Grizzly being in the lineup is just like you, you're a little small back there. And I know how Clifton plays a lot bigger than his size, but I look at I look at Carolina in particular because I think they present the biggest challenge in the Eastern Conference to Boston in the playoffs and. Like not only are there are their defensemen like really talented like Pesci and Shea Slavin Burns they're all, like they're really good players and they're also all six three to six five so that's one thing that scares me about them and I think that even though I think right now the Bruins blue line might be more talented overall or better overall I do think Carolina it helps them in 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 their D zone coverage just like winning winning board battles and 50-50 pucks in the corner like they're that's. That's why they're very successful. They're a very stingy and they're a very tight checking team and um I think they do they well, play you going to get you're going to get a look at man? it. Oh sorry. No, no, I was just going to say do they play man on man in Carolina too?
2: Um
1: I don't know. Are they one of the few that does? I think they might and it's it might be why it's more noticeable that like they're so tight checking because when when the Bruins play them it's like they're just right up like everybody's ass in the corner. So Yeah, And Um, and
0: that size is why they gave up so few high danger changes like which Bruins know as well as anyone, because that was basically their biggest problem in that series last year was, Mm -hmm. you know, they really struggled to get to the inside. Um, And the Bruins have been, you know, Bruins struggled with that in general last year, but against a team like Carolina, it really stood out. Bruins have been obviously been a lot better at creating those high danger chances and getting to the inside uh, this season. It's been a big point of emphasis from montgomery so uh you know that kind of stands as like the ultimate test of that of like you know how much better did you get and bridget i think like what you're getting is like you're gonna you, you see caroline on this road trip
2: uh, Yep, we're about to see it and on yeah. the road which is also where the bruins struggled in the playoffs so was, all those road games were um difficult for them it's allowed it's a lot of place to play i used to live in north carolina and um you know especially for the playoffs. But now that the team is as good as it is, like you're seeing those kind of games in the regular season as well, where fans are filling it in more and they, they do have a very loud fan base, So you'll get a good look at it on the, on the 29th, January 29th, when they play at Carolina.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for that one. This And is by be- the
2: way, they, they Bruins won in overtime at home against Carolina. Their only other meeting this year. So it was a close game
1: very close game. This is going to be a fun road trip. We we see them play the Habs, like we said last episode, it's like the first time in what since 1995 they're playing Montreal. And since, uh, since you
2: were born. Yeah.
1: And then you got obviously Tampa, Florida, Carolina, and Toronto. It's a it's a fun road trip.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think the Canadians even have almost 50% of their team healthy now, so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they have just been absolutely hammered by the injury bug, and just lost Cole Caulfield for the season, which mm-hmm. you know. Oh, Pat, like, you're that's, ready. J- Just from just from the perspective of like that rivalry, it just sucks that like you know the Canadians weren't very good anyways, and now you're getting like their JV team because they have so many injuries. Cole Caulfield is one of like the few exciting players they had to watch, and now you know he suffers a season ending injury before the bruins even got to play them for the first time
2: and, and that reminded me of that max patreddy's out for carolina yeah. um so he's got a torn Achilles and i, I don't know if the progno- the diagnosis or, is that he's going to be out for the whole season but um have they
0: officially said it was torn again is that
2: yeah uh, that's what i saw today i thought um
0: i thought yeah i mean were. obviously espn that would reported
2: be- espn reported Pacioretty on IR with torn Achilles. so
0: Yeah, so that'd be season ending. But the flip side of that is it opens up $7 million in cap space for them. Uh, they, that was a team that was already looking to add at the deadline, especially center positions. So, you know, I know we talked about Bo Horvat as a possibility for the Bruins. I would say, like, Carolina would be insane to not go in on Bo Horvat because now they have the cap space to add him. Uh, they don't have to do the whole retained salary thing. Andy fills two needs for them. One being the center ice position so they don't have to try to make Yasperi uh, Kakaniemi a number two center. And two, he's a goal scorer which they desperately need. So um, yeah, losing Pacioretty stinks, but it, it could almost make them like the, the clear odds on favor to land someone like Corvette.
2: Yeah, that's true. That would be a really interesting uh, turn of events, because like we said, you're going to see them January 29th, but <laughs> they might not be exactly that team uh, after the trade deadline. So um, just we end up talking about a lot of matchup stuff, like looking down the road further, because I mean, what else are you going to say about the game against San Jose? They like ran circles around him. that it was like almost sad at times. I was like, I I might have time to take a quick nap here before I go home because it was just at will, like just controlling the pace of that game the whole way through. even,
0: Even Lena Selmark took two and a half minutes off in the middle of the game.
2: Yes, he did. That was weird. That was really weird. And it seemed like nobody on the team knew that the rule, like they thought that it was the same rule as like if the helmet falls off, but it's not. Um, so for a while everybody was just like, oh they're gonna blow the whistle oh they're not blowing the whistle and then the ref explained to Ulmark that they don't blow the whistle even if a goalie loses escape blade because if a defenseman loses skate blade forward they don't they don't blow the whistle so they don't do that for a goalie either and so Olmark said he was like stunned and he like didn't know what he was gonna do if they took a shot on him which luckily they didn't and luckily Clifton found the puck whipped it down the other end of the ice just to get the whistle for the icing because, that's your best option in that situation. You got to get a quick whistle.
1: Do you want to, yeah. do you want to know what the verdict was in the stands that, that I was hearing people say? Cause when all when all Mark left, people were like obviously confused. And uh, obviously as we, as we found out it was a skate blade that fell out, but um, people were saying in, in the stands, I overheard them saying, yeah, he got hit the, the puck hit him in the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> So that, and and like everybody was believing that person. Like the guy had so much conviction when he said it, everybody was like, Oh, he that's what happened.
2: Oh um, god. Don't things don't things don't believe the uh that reporter, <laughs> the drunk guy from <laughs> the 10th row.
1: Things you hear at the game.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, well, all the guys who play with Tugarask should have known the rule because uh as everyone yeah. probably remembers, uh Tugarask made quite a big deal out of it when the whistle didn't blow when he lost Escape Lady. Chucked started waving it. it around like a wand and then chucked it across the ice
1: yeah yeah that was <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> that could have been bad I think, I think the bruins ended up winning that game so it was kind of like you know no harm no foul but in the moment that was like what what do you what, what's going on here Tukes? um and I, it, I, correct
2: I think me if i'm that's wrong that's like but a
0: that's like I, a top three Tuka moment for me along with <laughs> obviously the milk crates in providence yeah. and then uh i think that this was just last year the not coming to the bench when the game was tied like, like he oh pulled yeah himself and then they were like no dude get back in the net what are yeah. you doing
2: in new, york, yeah. in new york right i do remember yeah.
1: that. I the rangers
2: and then he uh, answered questions afterwards like yeah guys i don't know i i just don't know <laughs> but no and and mark said that and, and correct me if i'm wrong goalie skates aren't the pop-out skates right they're not like regular, like skates that the guys have where you can replace the blade i believe they're just they're the old school kind because you don't really need to pop them in and out like you do for a forward and he's not like like moving around all that much and someone asked delmark after the game they're like how does that work he goes i have no clue i have no clue how it fell off he goes maybe the bolt rusted like he had no idea how it fell out
0: well wow. yeah, i think you actually have to take the whole skate off like some sometimes when a guy loses a blade they can just pop one in like right there on the bench but it looked like he actually had to take a skate off and like you know the staff had to take it back to the to the room and do whatever but
2: yeah exactly that's why he had to come out for what was it two and a half minutes because you had it wasn't one of the ones that you can just throw it back in and he gets right back out there so that was weird that swayman came in for two and a half minutes saved one shot and it ends up unfortunately for Olmark because that happened he doesn't get that uh shutout stat uh and we've all talked about how like the stats for the Vesna are gonna be coming down and he's not gonna have as as like high of stats in in different categories because of the way that the Bruins have Swayman to come in, so that definitely doesn't... I mean, obviously, it should have, like, a little asterisk. Like, how many does he have now? Like, three, and it's basically, yeah. he's, like, three and, like, uh, 99, like... Yeah, 3. so I think he has, he has two, sh-
0: two shutouts in the season. This would have been the third, but
2: yeah. So 2. M- he misses out because he got out.
0: taken out for two and a half minutes.
1: Yeah, the, the NHL's Twitter account put out a, a tweet. It was like... um, Lena Solmark and Jeremy Swayman earn earn the split shutout. It's like, uh, okay, well, fifty eight minutes to two, but yeah, sure, <laughs> go for it. Um, so uh, I've I have a question for you guys and um, Scott. Maybe you can take it first. Wh- when it comes to DeBrusque, uh, as long as he's on IR, the Bruins the the, the cap does not uh, accrue for them, right? So do Correct. you think that do you think that maybe him coming back a little bit sooner than maybe we anticipated. Do you think they're just trying to get him off? Do you think they're trying to prevent that from happening longer than it needs to?
0: Uh, Yeah, that could be a factor. Um, I I hadn't even thought of that, but yeah, it's, it's a good point. If he, you know, yeah, the earlier he comes back, the sooner you can start accruing cap space again. Um, So yeah, that could be a factor. Obviously it's not, they wouldn't, you know, rush him back or like bring him back before he's ready just because of that, but yeah, I guess that that would be a reason to hey, if he is ready for that Toronto game or maybe even earlier, all right, bring him back like, you know, why wait. So, yeah, that could be a consideration as well.
2: Yeah, I just know that like the way that the training staff has approached this entire season with the injuries coming in and um just how they generally handle it, they are definitely cautious, too cautious to just be like all right you're 80% go ahead go for it um so well but
0: also they do get everyone back sooner than initially planned They so. do but
2: I th- I always it, I always get the sense that that was because they did such a good job at the like PT and like the recovery yeah. and the steps not because they're just like you're 75% go ahead no like the guys felt 100% just the training staff and um and the regimen and diet and everything was just done right and that's why it ended up being a shorter amount of time.
1: Yeah, another thing to not take for granted with this Bruins with this Bruins team right now is the uh, the medical staff. I mean, everything's going wrong in wrong in Vancouver and including the, their medical staff is under is under the under heat up there too for, um, who was it uh, uh Pearson. Tanner Pearson, yeah, he had, he had some setbacks, and, and their you know their methods are being questioned up there and whatnot. Um, another another good Bruin story tonight at the game was Maddie Faulkner's uh, one thousandth game as um, part of the uh, equipment um, equipment staff. I think he, I think he's the head equipment manager now. Now that or co head equipment manager. Um, yeah, he, I don't, did, yeah, retired, I don't know what his official title last but, yeah. it was last year. Was Don Del Negro? Did he retire last year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, good for him. He got a nice little uh, montage which is nice.
0: Yeah, the uh master stick swapper. He's you know <laughs> That was
2: he's... a main part of the video board was all the times that he just like they even had like the highlighted circle over over him handing a stick <laughs> in the corner of the shot just like here, pause go going on a breakaway, here's your stick. Um yeah. Yeah, that was kind the, of I funny.
0: mean there's been a couple times where like he's gone into guys so quick that they've ended up you know, scoring or like being part of, a, of a scoring play. So yeah. Within uh, like
2: 10 seconds.
0: <laughs> yeah. In, in, important part of the game. Got to be on top of it. Got to know, you know, exactly who's sticky grab
2: and how to get all Mark skate back together.
1: Yeah. They, uh, they had to keep him busy in his 1000th game.
2: Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> no exception there. So guys, we're at, uh, almost, almost an hour. I want to, I want to throw this to you guys as we're like I get, like, I, like we said, the Bruins are going on a, on an extended road trip here against some heavy competition. I guess not to ask a vague question, but they've been, they've been so good all year. They're, pl- I mean, they've beaten Tampa twice. They've beaten Carolina once. Uh, they've split with Toronto. They've split with Florida. What are you looking for the Bruins to continue doing against these teams in the next week? And is there anything that they weren't able to implement? Uh, against these teams so far this year that you kind of want to see them impose on them a little bit in, in these next couple of games loaded question. And there's a bunch of teams I'm asking about, but just in general, I guess.
0: Yeah. So a few things that like just come to mind right away, like one is the complete efforts, which were absent most of December and then kind of came back like winter classic. And after that, and you know, then, I this past week, like at the Islanders game especially, they didn't get off to a good start. So, you know, now you're facing some of the, these teams that can actually make you pay if you don't bring it or, you know, you take a period off or whatever. So that's one. Two, let's see if like this new... I don't want to say like newfound, um, you know, defenseman getting scoring because...
2: New emphasis or new... Wait. Yeah,
0: just sticking with it, because that was another thing, like Jim Montgomery even said tonight, they he felt like they were getting away from it a month ago, like they started the season doing it well, then they went through a stretch where their defensemen weren't as aggressive offensively, and now he feels like they're back to that. And, you know, because he, even taking like, the goal scoring out of it, like they have been getting a lot more points from their defensemen than last season. I think they're now eighth in the NHL in defensemen points, Last year they were 24th, um, so this will be a good test to see if that can continue. Um, we talked about this already with Carolina, but can you get high danger chances against a team like that uh, that defends so well? So those are a few of the things that uh, immediately come to mind.
2: It, But it's hard to, to like kind of pick something that they're not doing well a majority of the time that they need to work on, right? It's like stuff that they need to just make sure they have that there the whole game. So, um, uh, the only thing I will say is Taylor Hall's drought uh, has continued. Uh, I don't really see that as a huge issue. He's still playing well, he's still he's still on the top power play unit with the BRUS scout, and he was getting chances, and he would just feel that he's snake bitten. And I believe this is the longest he's gone without scoring a goal since he became a Bruin. So, we're at I believe 16 games now that this one is complete. Um, So this is the longest he's gone uh, without scoring a goal as a Bruin, but I really don't think he's played all that bad and that line still looks fine to me. So it's not a huge worry, but it'd be nice to get him going too, and, and have like, we've talked about it. If you have Taylor Hall on your third line, like that's a really dangerous third line. Well, he needs to start being a little bit more dangerous.
1: Yeah, he 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 definitely has had a ton of great chances to score. He's missed open nets um,
2: today. Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, look, not not necessarily like a, you know, it wasn't like a layup. I mean, it it was a hard pass across the crease on the power play. But yeah, I mean, he's getting chances. To your point, it's it's uh it's the his play doesn't seem appear to be poor right now. So if if it were, it'd and be neither more does his
2: effort. Right. So.
1: Right. Um. I guess to answer my own question, I would say um, along the lines of what Scott said about, um, you know, playing Carolina, I want to see the Bruins, the Bruins oftentimes, even when they're successful against the Hurricanes, like they a lot of times they seem to be one and done in transition or um, in the offensive zone. I would I would love to see the Bruins um, get some extend have some extended shifts in, in Carolina's end and just kind of just. See, see if you can get that their structure to bend a little bit, um, and put some pressure on them. Uh, I would like to see them. I would like to see the Bruins' depth, um, be on display against Tampa. Obviously, Tampa has some high-end players, but I do think Boston's deeper, so I, I would like for for that to be on display. And then Toronto, let's see, let's see how fast this Bruins team is, right? I mean, the Bruins can win a ton of different ways. That's that's the beauty of this team. But let's you know, let's see, let's see if this newfound you know structure and, and and creativity can be on display up in Toronto. I mean, they've they've done it all year. I just want to you know keep seeing it happening. So uh, that's what I would look for. Florida, Florida's a tough read, guys. I don't know I don't know how to read these Panthers. I mean, they have a ton of talent and and their analytics aren't bad. It's just that their record's not great.
2: I also want to say there's a chance that this could be their first stumbling block of the season where we see like efforts that are not or like um, them being outplayed maybe two nights in a row and losing two nights in a row to to these teams that are better. You're talking about, you know, Tampa, Tampa, Florida and Toronto and, and Carolina. So you're talking about teams, all those teams in a row that could knock you back and throw you on, you know, maybe your first losing streak of the season so then it would be important to see how you come back out of that
0: yeah I, I do think like they'll be motivated not to have that happen though because you have all these good vibes and like the last thing you want is to go into the all-star break into like a week and a half off on like your first two game losing streak like uh You know, not saying it can't happen. Obviously, it it can because you're facing good teams, so anything can. Um, But I I do think like they'll be motivated to finish strong going into the All Star break and not have any sort of let up. It's a long break
1: too, right? It's like a two week All Star break. Yeah, which is yeah they
0: they play Toronto on the first, and then the their next game is the 11th. So yeah, like a full week and a half.
1: So it's, it's not even really an all-star break. It's more just like a mid season break because the all-stars festivities are only one weekend.
2: Yeah. It's like, Oh, it's like, as long as you'd get off to go play in the Olympics. And then in the past, they've been like, no guys, you can't take this time off to go play in the Olympics. So. Well,
0: I think part of that is like, they, I think they wanted to make sure they built that in because you had like a couple of players like Ovechkin or Taves who didn't play in the all-star game because they're like, nah, screw this. Like we want our break. So now it's like, okay, now everyone's going to get a break, even if you're going to the All Star game. So, yeah, I remember think that's sort of
2: I was like. Why the hell did you guys vote me in? I'm old. <laughs> so he got, me won the fan vote, and he was like, guys, no, <laughs> no, I appreciate it, but like, I need to rest.
1: See, to your point, Bridget, that's when I can see, as much as I love the idea of certain, I think this Bruins team long term. Would, re- would really benefit from, from these two weeks off. I mean, you're talking about key guys and Martian and Bergeron and Krejci and others. Like, yeah, give these guys two weeks off in the middle of the season, recuperate. Um, so long-term, I think it's great for this Bruins team and anybody else who's nursing injuries. But that could be the one time where you start to see them s- slip a little bit is after having two weeks off. I-, I-, I have to double-check who they're playing after the All-Star break, but that could be where they're a little bit rusty and they, they might that could be a... Tr- uh, a trying time for a couple for a couple of games
0: too. That's yeah, the, Capitals at home. Capitals at home, and then road games in Dallas and Nashville.
2: But they also get two days off after the Capitals game. So, yeah.
1: Hmm. What are we gonna do for those two weeks, guys?
2: Um, you know, you know, you know what? Fashion. I really should have planned a vacation around this time of year.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Well, we're still here until then. All right, guys. Anything else you wanted to go over before we? uh, Lock this one up. Put it in the vault.
2: No.
0: All good.
1: All right. Well, then we will. So we're we're next recording after the the Canadians game. Yeah, that's good. Okay. All right. Enjoy the Bruins Canadians, and we will talk to you guys soon.